When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. And that's right, Roycey Unchained. Patrick, how are you today? I would say congratulations to Jonathan's soccer team for the uh, impressive 3-1 victory Mm -hmm. over Real Salt Lake. But it was the worst thing that ever happened to Score North programming because we had what a forty-minute Viking wine line. I think it was a half hour. It's a saying. half hour yeah. instead of six and a half hours, which is what it could have been. Yes, this game had everything. The quarterback stinks. You lose to the Packers. The new center couldn't block me. The offensive line still stinks. Uh, the kicker misses uh, field goals. And and what am I missing? Uh, oh, and the ref screwed us. The ref screwed us. The ref screwed us. The ref screwed us. Was, I said it was a super fecta, and somebody said, you forgot about the missed kicks. And I said, well, it was a super-duper fecta. A five-part post-game wine show. It would have been fantastic. I turned it on, and there was the soccer game. It was uh, it was kind of it's you a, know. it's incredible when you go to Lambeau Field a year after Daniel Carlson, and nobody <laughs> is talking about the missed kicks by <laughs> Bailey. Oh, nobody nobody brought it up. No, well, one was what a, a forty-seven yard extra point because uh, Stefan is Stefan getting a little of the old Stefan goofy back there. It was. I don't think. I think the receivers, let's say, aren't real happy these days. I think they might be a little frustrated with the quarterback. But I think you are, uh, I, I don't know, I think I'd testify against you if you're if somebody files a <laughs> slander suit against you because you, you compared Cousins to Spurgeon win yesterday. There's a lawsuit in that. Whoa, hold on a second. I said it was worthy of Tavares, Spurgeon, and Brooks Bollinger, <laughs> Brooks, our buddy. I can't remember Brooks. I can't, did they he started him over Tavares, and I think they lost. They got shut out like 34 okay. nothing. Well, uh, it was uh, you know it was amazing. It it would have gone down as one of the great victories in Viking history to go but come back from twenty one zero after looking like you might get beat forty nine to six, and then uh, that interception was uh, was rather ridiculous to say the least. But he, uh, I don't know he, he the what was the stat I saw. He's getting pressured like half the time, right? Yeah. I mean, they didn't, oh, yeah. The week before, they didn't throw it all. It's all coming from in. A lot of it's come from inside too. But 
uh, the deal is he can't handle it. Mm-mm. He cannot handle pressure. So that's, a, that's a, I don't know what the solution is. But uh, are they going to have to put Elfline when he comes back healthy at center and let Dozier play guard? The scary thing, Pat, is I don't, Elfline hadn't I don't know if El- since Elfline got hurt in Philadelphia, he cracked his ankle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's an upgrade there. Well, but this be, kid is. I'd be, there's guys in Eden Prairie that would be an upgrade. Yeah, this kid, Bradbury, it's, it's, he's, he's lost. A, well, he's a he's a swinging gate. Uh, you know, he hasn't. What didn't the first week? Didn't Pro Football Focus give him a zero they for gave, pass protection? Well, oh, hold on a second. They gave him a zero the second week too. <laughs> so he's zero he's after zero. two games. His pass protection grade is a zero. That means he hasn't blocked anybody yet. That means that basically yes. <laughs> Let's go with that. I'll take it for that. Wow. Uh, but then again, you're watching the game, and you see some of the guy. You know, Dalvin Cook. You see him, and you see Daniel Danielle Hunter, and you say, "You can really get on Spielman for the misses, but some of the hits have been pretty fantastic too." If Cook stays healthy, oh, Cook's he's, fantastic! God, he's yeah. got great feet. I had no idea that. I know everybody knew he had the the speed, but uh, right off the bat, that first run he made, boop boop. He's yep. got great feet, man. Great change he, of direction. He runs like he's five foot eight. Yep. He runs like a little guy, but he's not because he'll truck you as well. Now they're not trying to blame Cousins for changing the play on the after they're running the ball down the field. So our new genius offensive planners, if that would have been poor John D. Filippo, what would have the coach been lighting him up on Monday? Okay, so the coach was asked in the post game. Zim was asked post game. Mm-hmm. About that call, and his and he was trying real hard. Yeah. Okay, so Zim's first response was he looked at the guy that asked the question. He said, "That's a good question," and I thought he was going to say, "And I don't know why they did it." Yes, but then he paused and he said, "We thought we saw something," mm-hmm. but I swear to God, he was about to say, "I'm not quite sure what they're thinking." <laughs> a year ago, before he brought in the savior Kubiak, yes, he would have. Uh... He would have. Oh, he would have. He would have. He would have not showed restraint. You know. Right. I don't know. Now, early last year, I can't even remember. Were they playing good? Did they start good? They uh, they tied Green Bay twenty nine twenty nine in week two. And, and another big comeback. But yes. But uh, we didn't turn on De Filippo until no, later, right? Much later. Yeah. And Green Bay last year in week two, they got out. They got down, and they weren't good in the first half. But that's where Cousins was really good in the second half. Who in the hell are these receivers they got him throwing to? I mean, he's got Adams and... Oh, I mean, Rogers. Uh, Rogers. God, but they got guys up the street. A lot, a lot of hyphens in their name. Yeah. Young guys. That's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. I mean, why? how could you... Uh, he didn't, and he doesn't really have a tight end. What uh, What happened there? Uh, well, mean, the, the, Jimmy Graham got old, and they yeah, keep bringing, know, him, Jimmy they Graham keep bringing him back. Yeah, because they don't have anybody else, right? But that's the thing is... this. They're division, not very good. This division, Pat... I don't know what's wrong Chicago? with Chicago. Bears. Bears is good Bears defense. Got but... a miracle. It's good thing the Bears have that strong place kicking, isn't it? <laughs> yes. After the biggest crisis in the history, and then the guy goes out there and hits a fifty-three yarder to bail them out. But their offense has been terrible. Just wait, wait till that poor kicker has to kick on a windy day in Soldier Field. Well, and it goes, it's it's going straight, and then it veers left, and then it veers right. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, it's. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a. It would have been a great loss to do it. How was Monday? I missed. I missed Monday morning vent line. Were they still upset? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We we got a bunch of cousins. cousins is cousins is villain number one even more than the officials. Yeah. And we. You know what? 
I think we brought up the officials. Mm-hmm. I think Cunningham and I did. No, no, no. Cousins is villain one through ten right now. I talked about this yesterday on the baseball podcast because I was saying how happy I am that I'm a baseball fan because I don't have to watch this crap. And But what are they doing? The NFL. I don't know. It's basketball. It's the, as I, I told Manny yesterday, the officials in the NFL are now as intrusive as the officials are in basketball. And I mean, but there's never the sport that officials have had the most impact on always has been basketball, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, you know, they put points on the board immediately. But uh, the NFL is getting ridiculous. Why are we adding all these? Well, decisions to make. I mean, Dalvin Cook bumped the guy off. Okay, I and I. Everybody says he wasn't in the play. Well, he might have been, but the none of us knew until yesterday that when they're watching review and they now they see a pass interference. If 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 Cousins is fumbles and Zimmer decides that he wants to review it. And they see pass interference. If it was a fumble, but they see pass interference, from what I can tell, they'll call pass interference. That's right? always been the rule, but I didn't realize it was on the score. Because Childress always said that. Childress always said, when I challenge something, look at every reviewable aspect. But I didn't realize on the review. I thought you had to be specific. No, you don't. Okay. No, no. They can look at everything that they can review. So they can't review holding. Okay, yeah. But, but that, people are saying, what about offensive holding? If they see that, no. well, that's not reviewable. It Holding's can be egregious and they can't call But it. is the five-yard... Defensive back holding, that's not reviewable either. So if I'm holding you Correct. before the ball's released, you cannot call that. Right. Okay, so okay, so it's only the pass interference yes. part of it, yes. when, when it would have been a 15-yard penalty. But what I didn't realize was or that... A, or a, or a point of the foul. What I didn't realize is that that rule also applies on review of scoring plays, which I always thought was just to make sure a guy scores. Yes, I did too. And it's not. I never knew that it existed. I always thought, in fact, I think I've heard TV guys say this for 20 years, they've always thought you were just reviewing the one action that took place. But that's not true. But the guy, the referee in Green Bay was so surprised that during the lead to the sequence of that was, he forgot to shut his mic off, his field mic, and said, why are we stopping the game? Oh, really? He didn't even know. Okay. And so New York's told him, we're stopping the game to look at every... And so New York is the one that threw the flag. But they would not have called this a year ago, but now, obviously, offensive pass... Here's what happened. Here's the way I see it. They they get the bad call in New Orleans, and they're going to put pass interference in, right? So they got these 11 old white guys in the room, or whoever, and Mike Tomlin and 10 white guys, you know, crusty old SOBs. And they say, somebody says, okay... But then we got to call. Then we got to call offensive pass interference too. And now they, you know, now it's become a a big point of emphasis. That uh, and, and you know what's been interesting? I've seen two or three reviews of the coach on offense asking for a review that it was pass interference, and they've upheld it. They've upheld the call on the field. They haven't called. That I can see. It's, you know, guys reaching around and knocking about, getting an arm around. Yep. So it seems like they're less aggressive calling defensive pass interference than they are offensive pass interference so far. I think if LaFleur had challenged, because he didn't, but if he had challenged the cook 
play, I think that they would have not called it. But they called it because they saw it, which is a big problem. Yeah. Because so far, you're right. If a coach challenges right now... Yeah, I don't think they want to call it, right? They're essentially saying it has to be egregious, which it should be. It's based on the Saints-Rams game, which is fine. They missed that call completely. But they, but, but they, now they're now they're making it up as as they go along. Yeah, yeah, and the 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 digs play that people are mad about on the interception was that that turnover was reviewed, right? They reviewed turnovers. Yes. So they must have decided that wasn't pass interference. Exactly. Yes. But they could have called under these rules. They could have called pass interference. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So they just decided that. Why do they, they do this? The, Why did the the, these, so these seven or eight guys out there? I mean, we got eight now. I think it's eight. Yeah, it's an impossible job. And then they every year, yes, they make it more impossible. Did you see John Perry's quote? Parry Perry, whatever P A R R Y is he now a supervisor, or is he no, still he, officiating? I think he's in. No, I thought he took the ESPN gig. As the rules official. Okay, guy. I guess it was. Then he, must have said, then he must have said it on ESPN because a bunch of these guys. He said. Because of what he said, "Well, you should." Uh, he said, "You should always call it a fumble, and yeah. then have him review it." Yes. What the hell kind of? You should always call what you see, shouldn't you? He said, "You should always call it a fumble." How stupid! Now that means okay, we get to wait four more minutes, and if it's a pile. We get to wait six minutes when they come back because we got the guys. But, but the the problem is, so basically what he's saying call is. Call what you see. But basically what he's saying is if we call it a fumble, we're not responsible. New York is. That's yeah, but I don't want them responsible. I know, but Pat, I'm with you. The rule book, the first thing I would do if I was in charge is half that rule book. Yes. Get Just rid of half the yearbook and then call them all together and say, when in doubt, don't throw a flag. Yeah. Unless unless everything is clear and what? Clear and what do they call it? Clear and obvious? Yes. Unless it's clear and obvious for everything, don't call a flag. We had one in the opening night, Green Bay and Chicago. I think I mentioned this before. And this was when we all thought they were going to go nuts calling offensive holding, you know, in the line, because that's one of their points of emphasis, too. Mm-hmm. And... uh a guy from Chicago, one of the Green Bay guys come busting through Kenny Clark or somebody. And a guy from Chicago went to hold him but missed. But he had his arms like that, but he missed him. They called it anyway. They called fifth. Apparently, intending to hold is now, now a penalty. You know, it's they've been gone nuts. Garrett Bradbury could have been called for holding 25 times in that game. I think they felt bad for him. So he's got a zero rating, and he still holds. Pat, Pat he looked like he was. Well, what gra- is he, he was slow gra- or just not has? He's just not strong enough to any experience. Oh, he's, so he's, he's just grabbing on. Kind of like Khalil. Yes, yeah, although Khalil had a good first year, but yeah, but he's not strong enough, and so he's grabbing on to Kenny. And by the way, he's a big bruiser, big, isn't he? One of the biggest changes in this league since I started covering it in 2003 is. Do you recall the interior guys used to be sort of fat, but they didn't really rush? No. They'd yeah. stop the run, right? And once in a while, they'd. Noah Jackson. Yeah. Noah Jackson. They take a few you'd steps. Have, you've got to run around them. It yeah. takes a while. Now these guys can rush, and they're athletic, and, they're, oh, yeah. and, and they are a threat. Mm-hmm. And so, it is astounding. You've got to block them now. You now have linebackers like Blake Martinez, who weighs, what, 220? 225? Yeah. I mean, you've got these small linebackers. It's. Uh, it's incredible how speed has replaced 
bulk mm-hmm. uh, in, in a lot of areas. And uh, but I these these defensive tackles and nose tackles now are strong as hell, and they're not fat guys necessarily. No. And they're lifting. Their poor Garrett Bradbury's getting carried around like he's a toy. <laughs> he looks <laughs> like a doll. Get, he doesn't get to play Aaron Donald, does he? Do they play the Rams. Uh, Vikings play no, the Rams. No, they don't play That's the Rams, good. but they've got uh, Chicago in a couple weeks. Yeah. But that's okay. They can beat them four to three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Boy, that that offense looks terrible. What happened to him? I think that guy, that coach, spent way too much time worrying about his kicker and not enough time getting his football team ready. That down there, and Trubisky might not be that good. I yeah, know. I thought he was okay last year, but uh, yeah, he's not an accurate passer. That's for sure. What's this league going to do about its quarterbacks? Too, they're all, you know we're two weeks in. They're Lux getting, retired. Roethlisberger's hurt. Breeze is hurt. Breeze is hurt. Well, but, I mean, I blame the league. Roethlisberger's played since 2004. Mm-hmm. How much more can you drain out of him? I mean, it's 15 years later. He should be hurt. <laughs> you know, Breeze, Breeze first played in, what, 01? Yeah, he's 02? been around forever. I yeah. mean, you can't expect these guys to play till they're 100, you know? And the other thing they're doing, though, is playing these kids early, too, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You know, they they playing guys right off the bat that have no chance. Daniel Jones. Yeah, they, everybody watched. Oh, Giants. did they say they that? They benched Manning this morning. Oh, they did? Okay. Yep. So that's Shermer. That's Shermer. He isn't ready to play. No, it's Shermer. I mean, Arizona ruined Rosen last year by playing him way before he's ready. And... Uh, Kyler Murray's going to get killed. I mean, everybody's excited about him. Somebody's going to hit him. He's going to be Robert Griffin. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it is amazing how good you have to be to play that position. No, yes. I mean, it is amazing. Now, yes. Did you see poor Trevor Semyon last night at all? No, I didn't. Did you didn't. watch any of the game? I went to the Twins game. I didn't see it. It was a jailbreak, first of all. The Jets, the Vikings offensive line looks like uh, the one they had in 98 compared to... <laughs> Compared to, uh, by the way, who was uh, who was we look? Who was maybe Phil? We were looking at that '98 offensive line. That's one reason these boys were 15 and one and scored the Vikings. That was a hell of an offensive line that team. What Randall McDaniel? Randall McDaniel, Dixon, Stussy, Stussy Dixon, uh, uh, Corey Stringer, mm-hmm. and Jeff Christie, who was a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. Oof, oof, no, because over on the right side. You know, Stringer was a Stringer was maybe the best offensive, one of the three best offensive and tackles had, they've ever had. And you had some serious bulk then too. Yes, yeah. and, and, and Dixon was. was a guard back then. They could they'd even let him go out and kill somebody once in a while, but he was three fifty. And then Christie, and the other side, McDaniel's either the first or second best player they've ever had with Alan Page. And uh, Stussy was damn good, even with the two false. Oh, Stussy. The old call-in shows that Stussy could knock a guy in his ass 70 times, but if he had a false start, they'd be mad at him. Until he got beat by Chuck Smith in the 98 NFC title game. He was That's fantastic. Right. Yeah, you've got to blame that one on getting giddy. One of the strangest coach games of all time. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. When you should have been conservative, you went for it at the end of the half, and when you should have been aggressive, you kneeled. Yep. It was uh, really weird. Denny choked, let's face it. Yep. Well, But they also were, and, and to that point, they also were aggressive from the wrong place. Oh, like, God. Like with yeah, where down they on were. the goal line. Just, yeah. just get, it, get in the locker room. You're fine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
run know. it out. You got them on the ropes. You know, although I'll say Atlanta played a hell of a that was a hell of a football game. Mm-hmm. It was a great football game. People don't remember it that way, but it was a great football game. Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Anyway, uh, we should uh, talk a little twinks here. I believe that uh, Kyle Gibson starts Thursday, right? He's pitching to be part of this the next two times out, don't you think? I mean, he's they don't have a four-starter, but he's going to have to pitch really well Thursday. These are against bad teams, but he's going to have to pitch really well twice to be part of it, don't you think? I mean, he can't. Yes. He can't. I mean, he's got to be good. Right. Otherwise, otherwise, you got three. Otherwise, Martin Perez is your third starter, and you got an opener in a fifth of four game playoff. So, and I, I actually might prefer the the opener bullpen. I think you right got. To I think me. you got to give give me a shot though. I mean, you you got it one. Send him out there and see if he can. But right know. now, you wouldn't start him, right? Oh God! If it can't, if the no, season no, ended no. right now, oh, you wouldn't no, start I him. Wouldn't, in class. I you know, I don't even know if I have him on the twelve. They're going to have twelve pitchers, but you know, but everybody's. I think because you know you're got her basically wrapped up. You can give him two starts, but I think he's got to be good in both of them. Sure, I think he's got to give you yes. six, six, tw- five. Five good ones Thursday, and then six good ones next week. So you are fundamentally opposed to the opener, but do you mind the bullpen concept? I actually, after watching it Saturday, I don't know why I mind it. Well, yes, but that's based on Devin Smeltzer. Did you expect three scoreless from Devin Smeltzer? I mean, what I'm no, saying, but everybody can say it's great point. unless it's five to nothing and Clevenger's yeah. pitching. Well, you're gonna... Unless he gets hammered. Yeah, true. Ah. Uh, but, but I'm saying as far as rolling the dice on Gibby oh, or God, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gibby or that. I don't you have gotta, a lot of options because my other guy got pinched for PEDs. Well, yeah. The, I've, I've said this this week, and I'll say it again. Nobody in the history of this franchise has screwed the team worse than Pineda did. I mean, this is... Yeah. Not only not only has he cost you, you know, your number one or two starter with Brios, but now you need Martin Perez. Yes. It was terrible. Yes, basically. And he's, Pineda was. I mean, he's gonna. Here's the trouble: if you go, if you go op, full opener game four, Perez starts game three. He's gonna go three and two thirds. So you're gonna have to get six innings out of your bullpen, or five and a, you know five some innings out of your bullpen, and then you got to turn around and do the opener deal again. I I would imagine they'll do thirteen position players and twelve pitchers, but. I wouldn't be shocked if they went with 13 pitchers, which would cost Willens his spot on the team, probably. So I'd, they'd probably go 13. but uh, 13 but position players? For a, for a best of five series. But, uh, yeah. 
I'm just I got big hopes for my guy Randy Dobnik though, don't you? Old time pitcher, man. Yeah. Throw it in there, little sinkage. Hope they hit a ground ball to a shortstop who catches it. And you better not shift crazily with him because it's all ground balls, right? Yeah. And if you're creating great big areas where ground balls can go through, he's got no chance. But I love the guy. I hope that, uh, you know, it'll be interesting this week who they pitch Friday. Are they going to start Smeltzer again? They're going to give. Are they going to say Dobnik's a starter and let him see if he can give him five again? What's your guess? I don't know. And it'll only be a guess because Rocco ain't going to tell us. No, 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 no. Rocco. As Rocco said last night again about something, we got a lot of options. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Well, he got off the hook, though, because I think, you know, Brios gave a great game last night. Now they're five up. But I think they should have went for it Sunday. I think they should have. You know what, the, Pat? The Cleveland's dobbers were down. Yeah. Get step on their head. But, but for for as little as those guys will tell us, I think they looked at those last 13 games and said, we want to in Cleveland. I don't care. Well, they did. Now, they might have been wrong. They but did. I, but, but if they had been truthful, I think they would have said, we don't care about Sunday. But you went from six and a half to four and a half. Yeah, no. I, I mean, they got 95% chance. If you win Sunday, you got 100%. But they they went in after they swept the two games on yes. Saturday and laughed at themselves and said, we got 13 cupcakes left. Well, and they had 12 cupcakes left in Giolito, and now they don't have him. Yes. So, uh, and the Whiteys, we saw it uh, Monday night, and, and I don't know, what was the game time? 2.30? Last night, yeah, like 2.30, yeah. yeah, it was. The good thing right. about playing these teams is... You get ahead to ahead of them five two in the seventh. They they want to go out and see if there's any gals roaming around town who want to meet a big league ball player. You know they want. <laughs> they they're done. White they're Sox done. Get us, get us out of here. Eleven o'clock. We'll be uh, in a night spot on a Monday night. There's you know. Hey, there's who's the ever street. around on a Monday night? There's seven wants across. To meet a ball there's player. seven right across the yes, street. That's right? right. That's right. Go down to the loon if you want a little uh, little bar food. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, after the disappointing Cubs season, they're going to win the division. St. Louis, the lead's down to one. St. Louis is struggling, and they got to go to Wrigley for four. And then this weekend, where the Cubs are, where the Cubs are like the Twins on the road at home, right? Yes, they're, they're like, gr- and they're better than although they lost Rizzo now. But, When's Baez back? Playoffs? Ah, uh, they hope so. Yeah, he's their best player. So and Rizzo, yeah, he's in a walk. But they got, but their pitching is. I mean, they got just better pitching. By the way, back to the Twins. You know what this? You know what one of the real strengths of this team is now? Bullpen. I know. You know the last, the back end. Yes, Rogers is unhittable. He's great. I I love that guy, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, then they got a bunch of righties they can use. May's good. Duffy's been terrific. May's good. Romo comes in and, you know, yesterday he says gives up that 700-foot home run, but he don't care. Because he's he just, you know, he's throwing that thing and he's going to throw strikes. And, uh, and May's been, you know, May's drives you a little crazy with a hanger once in a while, but he's been good. They got five guys and now they got maybe Granite Roll. That's with without them. Dyson. What are they going to do about that? Are they going to file some kind of a protein? You don't have time for a full examination, right? 
Do you not get the, the medical? Do you get the well, you get their medical spring training medicals? What do you I, get? I, well, you, the most recent, I suppose. But they had scouts looking at them. You know, they had their National League guys looking at them. But they got screwed on this one. Oh, because yeah. they gave up. That Jalen Davis will play in the big leagues. He's, he's you know, he's probably going to be the right-handed Jay Cave. I think he's right-handed. And and then this uh, the Taiwan kid, the, the Taiwanese kid, is supposed to be pretty good Tang or something. So they gave up a couple of prospects. They got a. I would. They're not going to say anything about it, but I would imagine they are. Uh, you got to be furious. They are, they are looking for. Uh, I'm sure they have contacted the commissioner's office mm-hmm. about being traded a hurt player. I would have done it the this first guy, time Dyson came out and said something along the lines of, I've been hurt all my arm's hurt for two years. Yes. they. Uh, I think that my Texas buddies weren't big Dyson fans. As Norm Van Brocklin once said, he didn't have it under the left nipple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he's got it under the left nipple. He seems like but a he's cantankerous sort. Dead, dead arm. I mean, he's the when they gave him the rest after the first two times where there's no life on his pitches at all. He, the one time he came out, he threw okay, but yeah, that's that was a trade they made. They didn't have to make, but we all wanted him to make it. Yeah, just not for him probably. But what what amazed me about that is that they got another righty. I thought they'd go get another lefty. You know, mm-hmm. some there's some lefties floating around and Dykeman, Deekman or somebody like that. But yeah, they got robbed on that. But unfortunately for them, the other bullpen guys have been great. And Rogers just—it looks to me like he's more—he's con- always been confident. But it looks to me like he's—he has a sense of infallibility, don't you? I mean, when he goes out there now, he just boom. You know, the other day he screwed up that little hopper, and that could have in Cleveland. On basically back-to-back days, when, when I he got news for them boys, they better call him in this winter and. Give him three for about sixty. Extend that contract. Fifty-five. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be valuable. He's he's a he's a closer. He's a big league, big time closer. If you ask me, because he gets right-handers out, and lefty's got no chance against him. Anywho, it's uh, yeah. As I said, Pineda, man. The, not only did he screw him for the run-up to the postseason, but it's really hard to create a scenario of them beating either the Yankees or Houston without him. Why do you think that teams aren't allowed to be informed of this process? I don't know. It's it's a Players Association deal. I think the Players Association... Now, it sounds like Pineda told Rocco. If the the player wants, I don't know how soon, but Rocco claims to. Because if I'm a team. Rocco sounds like he was aware of it. But last year with Polanco, they had no idea. Okay. They found out the morning that the announcement was made. If I'm a team. Yeah. It's not like I encouraged Around the the deadline. You know, there would have been a little more desperation on July 30th if somebody had told you, hey. And is the team really at fault? It's not like they told him to cheat. No, but. The deal is it's a Players Association thing, and from what I understand, they inform the Players Association that this guy has a positive, and then the Players Association usually tells the agent, and the agent goes and tells the player. So, And, and I, Pineda might have tipped them off, but not 
Well, I would not like an, at the trading desk. I would like an I, official don't confirmation have today. You fail that test. If I'm the team, I would like an official confirmation that that I know that my player could get suspended. And you know, you could do something like we are going to we are going to inform the CEO of baseball of this. And if it gets out, you get fined a million bucks. Sure. You know, something like that. Yeah, I agree with you. Some serious fine that goes to the Players Association or something. Sure. But this is on Pineda. He screwed them. Yeah. And they don't get to find out that they're no. screwed, and you're right. On July 31st, you might have said, we got to go do, you know, Homer Bailey's out there. Yeah, or, you know, Bumgarner. Well, Still, sure. They could have gotten him. But, but Just something. pay the price, you know. Pay what? Give up those three guys you gave up for Dyson and then somebody else who's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, and by, by the way, too, in retrospect now, and, and we talked about this at the time, what the hell was San Francisco thinking? I don't know. That's the stupidity. Yeah, of yeah. not trading. I mean, not even, even here, anywhere. Even if you were a limp into the second wild card, yeah, at eighty-two and eighty, you open with the giant with the Dodgers. Yeah, you have zero chance, zero. And yeah, it was just stupid. It was you know okay, keep Bumgarner for old times' sake, but you got five other you know Will Smith. Right. People want to give you stuff for Will Smith. Right. Take it. Yes, it was it was idiotic. And you're supposed to be run by this new hotshot executive, <coughs> who you know, Bruce Bochy. I think he had an owner that came to him and said, "We got to give Bosch a chance. This is our last. This is our last year with Bosch." Right. And if I was Bochy, I would have went up and said, "Don't be idiots. Right, Trade, we stink. Right, Trade these guys. Right. Hey, buddy, did you see our guy Tyler Austin has surfaced with the Brew Crew? I did see that. And he got a big hit the other day, right? I did not see that, yeah. but I saw I, I saw he had surfaced in Milwaukee. After. I haven't, we haven't heard much about that. The Twins fans were very upset when they let Tyler go. Because he, you know, that's what they needed. Another guy who strikes out 100 times and hits two home runs. That'd be fantastic. You know, the only reason that they loved the poor kid was because he hit the home run off Perk at Target Field. Five I, uh, years or four I gave years you a ago, copy whatever. of the greatest journalism I have ever seen. Yes, our old friend Cliff Crystal, <laughs> and you worked with Cliff. Around what Cliff. was Cliff writing columns for Green Bay when you were there? Uh, Cliff was uh, yeah, Journal Sentinel, but, but mostly Packer. Oh, was he still at the Journal Sentinel? Yeah, I think he was doing Journal Sentinel. And he came back to Green Bay or vice versa. I no, I think vice. Back. I think he went Green Bay. He was in Milwaukee. Green Bay, Milwaukee. But anyway, I he, he, might have he was back. he was doing Packer college. Well, when Lee Remmel died, he became the the Packer historian. I don't think Lee would have posted this story. Do you, Lee uh, Remmel? No, OPR. No, no. So no. I'm look. I'm trying to write a lead about uh, the piece I did uh, the other day about the Vikings are taking their about how they didn't go in the AFL right then. The Vikings are taking their Curly Lambeau offense into Green Bay, you know, their, their new Curly Lambeau. But I had to look it up to make sure Curly was a conservative. And he, as it turned out, he ran the Notre Dame box, which was like, you know, after everybody else was running the split tee and throwing the ball, he did. He, even though they had Don Hudson, yeah, he uh, he ran a very conservative offense. So, But while I'm there, I said, I see... Ward Cuff, Lambeau was a miserable guy. And I said, what the hell is this? So I called it up, and it's Packers.com. It was posted in June or July of 2018. And the Ward Cuff 
was a, actually has his number retired by the New York Giants. He was a kicker and a defensive end during World War II. And he's from Redwood Falls. And uh, uh, But he ended up his last year, and he was a kicker, too. And his last year in Green Bay, he missed a 23-yard field goal okay. to lose a game. And, and uh, Curley said he did miss it on purpose because he used to play with the Cardinals and threatened to, and wouldn't pay him, wouldn't give him his check. And so, so Ward basically threatened to beat it, beat the hell out of him, and then he ended up getting his money. But then you go on, and it's all this stuff about Curly trying to date the players' wives. It was and this is in the pa- in this pa- dot yes, Packers dot com. Look it up. What's the headline say there? Oh, hold on. I recommend it highly. It's unbelievable. Oh, let's. Uh, just as Packers history, where, where's yeah. the headline? Oh, Ward Cuff. Uh, Cuff says. Anyway, look it up. Ward Cuff oh, says. Oh, Ward, Lam- wait, Ward Cuff on Curly Lamble, a miserable guy. <laughs> a miserable there guy. Look it up. It'll pop up unless because I wrote about it. Somebody at Packers dot com said, "Hey, did you see this in the Minneapolis paper? Let's take this down." But uh, it was hilarious, and I showed it to Scott Gillespie. The Star Tribune editorial editor and yeah. Packer diehard and Badger diehard, and he was laughing. And there's the fo- the statue outside Green Lambeau is Curly pointing, and Gillespie said, "You don't suppose he was just pointing at a player's hot wife there? <laughs> is that what he's pointing at? Oh. It's great. It's unbelievable. Oh. But Cliff." Cliff is one of the few yes. journalists in America who do that because he just did his deal. Yes, I yeah. never, I knew him and never talked to him. I don't think I said hello. Did he ever talk to anybody? Oh yeah, he was. A, He'd say hello. Yeah, yeah, and he was just sort of an old school cantankerous, yeah. oh, cantankerous newspaper guy. Oh yeah. And, yeah. In fact, the story I was told about Cliff was he covered because I asked about Cliff because Cliff was a great a, writer. By the way, Cliff evidently was the guy that started in Wisconsin the Packer film reviews. That McGinn took over. Oh, that McGinn took over. And it was Cliff basically trained Bob, supposedly, in how to do the the art of breaking down the game. Oh, really? But Cliff had a brief foray into covering the Brewers in the 70s. Yes, yes, that's how I knew him. And somebody told me, it might have been you, that he actually spent a summer living out of his car in the county stadium parking lot? I didn't know that. No, I never heard that. Okay, that. (laughs) That is is a newspaper guy in the 70s. He was still, well, he might still be, oh, because he was... Working for uh, Green Bay then, right? I guess. I yeah, don't know. And he must have, because the Brewers were good, probably. But, he's, but he supposedly was that. Very good, out of his Very car. good writer, but that is not something we're going to see posted on Vikings.com. Nope. As I said, <laughs> we're not going to have a 25-year anniversary piece on Denny Green and Richard Solomon chasing the You don't help. think Wobby's going to do the research to get <laughs> I that I don't piece? think Wobby's going to do that one. All you have to do is look in the Star Tribune archives if you want it. It's uh, coming up January 29th, uh, 1995. Just call Kurt Brown and Selena. Selena, yeah. Selena. Man, what a reporter. They can give you a play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Unreal, yes. So, uh, we, do we have any uh, rants today? Do we have any uh, Unchained? I don't know. I, I predicted to to Mackie on yesterday's show, after you got done with your hit with us, that you would have an Unchained today. There's mm. got to be two weeks of something built up. Uh, I guess my Unchained is the way the NFL is just ruining the game by calling all these damn penalties. You know what? In retrospect, re- review was the worst thing that ever happened in sports. Because there's no, you know, when you started off, 
everybody was going to show restraint, right? But now it's TV loves. Yep. TV loves review, right? Yep. Because we got to wait through the three minute commercials to see who's got the ball, right? Yep. yep. And even baseball, it, you know. Remember? Okay. We're going to let them look and see if it's a home run or not. Yep. That's it. Now we got guys. If their toenail comes off the base and somebody keeps the, the tag on them, you're out. But let me ask you this: Why don't they? Because this would seem to me to be very simple. Why don't they realize and then amend the unintended consequences mm-hmm. and say, you know what, scoring plays. We're, we're going to look at them, and if you scored, you scored, and if you didn't, we're going to call it back. But we're not going to look at everything for penalties. No. Or, or, baseball, or, baseball. or baseball. We're, we're not going to look to see if yes. a guy... You know, I've always said baseball should have the umpire's ability to overrule a request by saying... Too close. Yeah. It was too close. Even if his toe came off the base, it was too close. I've always said baseball, football can't get away with this. But baseball could get away with the umpire saying, okay, we want to look at that one. One of the three guys could say, hey, you know, they could say to Jim Joyce at first base, hey, Jim, better take a peek at this one. And I think they they want to get them right. Right. You know, so they. But how many of these, these. Replays, Pat, are put in because of egregious misses. Yes, the Galarraga game, the Saints Rams game. So why don't we go down the path of it has to be egregious? Yeah, and and also at second base, we we've talked about this. If your foot if your foot comes off the bag but is in the cylinder, like if you overslide the bag, you're out. Too Mm -hmm. bad. But it'd be very easy to say if if it's in the cylinder, we're not going to look at that. Sorry, I got my unchained. Okay, the jackasses. From the NCAA, whatever it is, the uh, from the NCAA rules committee mm-hmm. that has decided that if somebody is happy after they score a touchdown, it's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. What is going on? Every game I've watched this year, that I've seen things that were not even hardly celebrations. You know, three guys running over and patting the guy in the back. Fifteen yards. Are you throwing flags on this. Oh God, it's unbelievable. Every game I now I've watched, probably total 50, eighty minutes of college football. Yep. But I've seen five of them, and the the, tw- the Gophers got one right. Because uh, I did. I was, dri- I was driving to one? Green Bay. I think the Gophers might have got one Saturday, or the other team did, and it was nothing. It was it was nothing. So we're going to the other direction. Of yeah, we're going pro back football. to where the pro football was, was before pro football got so much abuse that they decided they didn't like being called the no fun league anymore. But it's ridiculous. It's you know, you know, you don't get paid. You work your ass off. They keep you for months. You got idiots, you know, coaching, screaming at you. You score a touchdown. You should be allowed to be happy. Spike the ball. Do whatever you want to do. You know? So you can't get away with anything. Nothing. Basically. It's worse. It's worse than when the NFL was calling everything. It's unbelievable. I, I I don't know what where this came from, but every time they should never use the word in replay. Point of emphasis. Once it becomes point of emphasis, these guys go psychotic. They go psychotic, and and college football. Four. I mean, let's stop complaining about baseball. Oh, yeah, no. Four hours and... Well, we've talked about well, that since well, the one thing, Saturday days. Yeah, like if the Gophers are on Big Ten Network, the halftime's like 25 minutes, you know, because they want to squeeze in some ads and give updates and, uh, 
I mean, uh, the half times are Why? endless. Okay, that's the one thing I don't get, though. Pro football's got a great halftime. They do. It's the clock run. The clock starts running, and it's long enough, but it gets the players minutes. back. Why doesn't college just say, you know what? Because TV wants to. This is probably in a lot of cases. I for, yeah, okay. This is an. It, in a lot of cases, they probably have better viewing numbers at halftime and squeezing in ads okay. and stuff than they do during game. But they take you four know, hours. You know what? Tell the band one song. Yes, we we're don't giving you one show. song. Well, they let get the, off the field. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I, I people I, get very upset about that. Yeah, yeah. The band is, uh, you know, if you like the band, stay for the post game show, right? <laughs> yes. Anyway, go a glorious victory there. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. We're you. very happy. It. Well, they uh, they basically were way better than that other team and had two horrible plays that put Georgia Southern in a position to win the game. But uh, they've, uh, you know, they. They got Tyler Johnson. They got they got four really good wide receivers. Mm-hmm. If they had a quarterback, they'd really be, you know, they'd really be good. The Bateman kid When's is fantastic. It? Well, yeah, and Johnson, so is Tyler Johnson, yeah, well, both, yeah. Otman, whatever his name Otman is, Bill. is pretty good. Yep. They got they got four of them. Yep, and the other one's uh, okay too. Yeah. Positive, positive Pat. They, positive Pat. Rocco got away with it, man. Rocco, everything Rocco touches, even though it looks stupid at times, it turns out to be okay. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, let's face it. This team's going to win 96, 97, 98 games. Who could have They might win 100. They might if they keep their foot going, but they're not. They probably won't. But, I mean, who could have imagined it? This is one of the most imaginable successes of my Rather lengthy journalistic career in the Twin Cities. I started in 68 in the St. Paul paper, and I can't remember being more surprised by any regular season than this. It's, I, I don't get it, but it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I, gotta, I can't wait to talk to TK next week about these. I want to, to the swings that even Planco and everybody, that if, if that's going to be, is that, is, are slumps going to be more prevalent when that, because that thing seems to be, you know, it's not the level swing, go to the ball. Anyway, we'll have a nice discussion about that. But I guess the positive pad is, damn, this is unbelievable. Get ready to wear a coat to uh, Target Field for at least uh, one home game in, uh, in October. All right, Unchained, we are done, sir. Talk to you next All week. All righty.